1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. We're Wolves, eh, we? Hello and welcome to episode 92 of the 77 Club. First, though, we say happy birthday to Harry Mansell, who is 28 today, even though he looks 48, <laughs> just so years of alcohol abuse and uh, everything else in between. So many happy returns, Harry. Hi, thank you, happy birthday. <laughs> You're doing yourself no favours after that introduction to then slur your words. Uh, also here, it's not his birthday, but he is here. It's Dan Bayliss. Hello, Wolves fans. Happy birthday, uh, happy birthday, Mad Dog Mance. Cheers, mate. What did you get, Harry? Uh, I sent you that bottle, didn't I? That Wolves bottle, a big shining bottle. Got a Wolves bottle. And uh, like a Wolves jumper and just... Uh, that's about it, really. That sounds like my Christmas presents from my parents when they can't think of anything else. So I've got uh, wolves curtains and wolves bed linen and uh, <laughs> yeah, wolves bottle opener. Yeah, sounds like my room from about the ages of eight to <laughs> twenty-eight <laughs> to, to now. To now, yeah, <laughs> to current day. I'm twenty-eight, but I'm mentally about eighteen still. Yeah, that's very true, and that that's being kind. Right, Harry, we start with the socials. The Wolf 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, subscribe, rate, tell a friend. Excellent. And uh, Bayliss, just, we'll start with Arsenal in the Premier League. One all draw, seventh draw of the season. Uh, what was it like? I hear the atmosphere at the Emirates is electric. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's like they really want to be Man United so much that they decided that about 55,000, 58,000 would sit there for 90 minutes and say, fuck all. Um, but the Wolves fans were in good voice it was really good in the Wolves end actually Um, and the pubs after were pretty good we uh, managed to find a 
a pub that we could get into a short walk well, 10 minute walk away from uh, Arsenal met some mates there so it, it was a good day out it's slightly disappointing because I thought we could have had them I think you're right there. Harry, would you second that? I mean, we sort of second-guessed the team last week. i just go over it very quickly. Uh, Rui Patricio in goal. Connor Cody, Romain Sace, Dendonka at the back again. Doherty, Neves, Johnny, Martinho, Jimenez, Jota and Traore as well. Yeah, so the, it was pretty much the same as Newcastle, wasn't it? The second-half team and first 10 minutes, we absolutely battered them. We took it to them. The complaint this year has been Wolves are crap first half, good second. This time, we were really good first half, but unfortunately, we did go in 1-0 down, didn't we? But we got back into the game second half, and i tell you what, on another day, we could have won that. I thought we played really well, and it's probably one of the best performances we've had for a bit. And it all seems to come against teams we're underdogs against, especially away at the big ones. The only thing I would say is that we did look a bit susceptible at the back. You could tell that that wasn't a unit that played together, and there were a couple of cock-ups. I think the highlights showed it well as well, where... The ball sort of comes across the front of the front of the goal and there's just a bit of a scramble. No one knows what's going on. Someone's diving for it. It's bouncing off everywhere. There were moments where you thought, oh, we look a bit suspect at the back. But other than that, we were brilliant. It's just a shame we couldn't, uh, couldn't get another second one. Do you think it one. showed promise? I think in general, we controlled the game brilliantly. We played really quick, good attacking football. Yeah, but the thing is, I, I said to the other day, when you've got a Bamiyang, Lacazette and Ozil as your front three and you're defending against that, if you keep a clean sheet against that, bloody hell, you're done well because they, them two between them have scored God knows how many goals. So I always thought we weren't going to keep a clean sheet, but just to concede one was pretty good. And as a, as a team, I thought everyone performed really well. And like I say, I think we could have won it. But from the Arsenal fans that I've we spoke to before they were shit. after the game, they don't like Ozil, like at all. It's quite surprising that he actually started the game because I think he'd played well against Liverpool in midweek and he was sort of rewarded with a starting place wasn't he Harry but the other Harry from same old Arsenal last week was saying that he just doesn't think he's going to play an Arsenal shirt again then he gets pulled into the side he's clearly a class player isn't he you know he uh, always done well with Germany did well with Real Madrid and he's just indifferent at Arsenal it seems yeah like well looking from the outside in obviously you see him every now and then when you watch Arsenal he just seems like one of them players where when he wants to he can just win a game on his own he's got the talent to be absolutely unreal I remember him getting that hat trick in the Champions League a few years ago like unreal but he's got that demeanour and that like it feels like that attitude where he just goes missing and he hardly he's not consistent and considering he's probably one of their highest paid players I can see why they're frustrated but I thought he did alright for them on the day made a few good moves with Lacazette and Aubameyang and like I say I'm, I'm happy we only conceded one with that threat they had going forward I would say I think the Arsenal fans are slightly against their players the Wolves fans let them know it know it about Xhaka and I think you get the same feeling with Ozil the, the fans just don't like the players and you know that's a point at a club where you've got to sort of if you were a player in that situation how would you feel going out in front of 60,000 people 90% of them don't like you you wouldn't want to play. You wouldn't want to play, would you? It's like no. it's like me going to work or a social event. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in terms of the bench, it's it's a pretty inexperienced bench, but we're, we're seeing NATO Harry making more of an impact and, and getting chosen ahead of someone like Gibbs White. And we're sort of saying, how much time has Gib, Gibbs White got before something has to give? And, and do you think the the arrival of of the young Pedro is sort of almost putting the final nail in the coffin for him? Maybe. Um, I'm sure Bayless was delighted that Neto was involved. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I think we've we've discussed Gibbs White, haven't we? I mean, he's got a he's had enough chances and he hasn't took them. So Neto has shown he can he can play well, especially in that two 0 win at home against Watford. I think it was. 
he has he has been poor in other games, but yeah, Nuno trusts him. He keeps bringing him on, and Nuno will will give people a fair whack. So, just like Gibbs White, Neto's got to prove it when he comes on. He's got to prove he deserves it. Daniel, <clears throat> he clearly listens to the podcast because uh, <laughs> since I slated him, he was he's he's been a lot better. I thought he played well. It, it, it do seem to have that effect on things, don't you? Actually, when you have a when you have a meltdown, we go on a great run. So, um, you know, uh, if we're fed up with draws, maybe you could have a go about drawing. And I hope we win a few more games. But Harry, it's a good position to be in, isn't it? I think coming away from the Emirates, uh, thinking that we could have got and maybe should have got the win. Yeah, it's it's an amazing away point again. Um, it's just a bit frustrating. We keep drawing one-one, but to take away the Southampton and Newcastle games, it was a really really good performance. I mean, you'd have took it before the game. Yes, Arsenal are in disarray, but we were underdogs going into it. We read out the betting odds last week, didn't we? We were quite big underdogs, really. And I think Wolves fans were quietly confident we could get something. We did. And like I said, on another day, we could have won. But really good performance. And considering the fixture list we've had, um, it was good. And I know we had like our third team out against Villa, which had a bit of rest, didn't they? So unreal, uh, unreal, well, not unreal, but a good performance and a very, very good result, which you go back to our old eras in the Premier League, you never even thought we'd have a chance of getting a point away at Arsenal. But these days we go there in confidence and we do get results, don't we? Well, I admit McCarthy did manage that. Um, Matt Doherty... It's sort of he's not quite hundred percent fit, and it's quite rare that we see our fitness team putting players on the pitch that aren't quite hundred percent there. Do you fear for him a little bit, Dan? Because obviously, rushing somebody back with a, a joint injury can be quite problematic. Oh, I thought he didn't have a bad game. Um, maybe he took it, a knock. I'm saying, may, yeah, maybe I was just sort of caught up in the moment of the actual game and didn't really notice him. What was going on with Doherty? Um, Wolves pride themselves on keeping players fit. You know, it's bad luck, really, what happened to Bolly. That could happen to anybody. Um, so it's just getting worrying that the the names on the bench are getting younger and younger and younger. And weaker, isn't it? Um, so we've just got to be careful in that run-up to Christmas, try and stay fit through the rest of this Europa League campaign and qualify. But, um, yeah, there isn't a lot of depth, is there? I suppose we're a bit too early to start talking about transfers in January, but... Uh, it's got to be on a podcast in the next few weeks. Harry, a man of the match. I mean, you can give it to an Arsenal player if you want, but I will hold that against you. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with. Um, this might be completely out there. I'm going to go with Doherty. God. I can't justify it, but that's what comes to my head when you ask. <laughs> From watching that game, only one player got man of the match for me. Traore by miles. Again, I didn't want to say because I've seen him every week. So Unbelievable. Week he he changed the dynamic of the game when we attacked Arsenal. They had to double up on him. They absolutely shit themselves with us running at him. Lewis gave him five yards every time. Didn't want him to. Didn't want him to catch over his back shoulder. It was. Um, it was brilliant. We we made Arsenal have to defend in a certain way. Takes some yeah. doing that away from home against a, a top six team. I also want to give a shout out to Matinho for his assist for the goal because I thought it was a great cross in. Um, was, no one mentioned yeah. that. He just wanted it more, didn't yeah. he? Jimenez. Yeah, everyone was on about Jimenez's header. Great header, but the cross in for Matinho is brilliant and. I was buzzing when that went in. What was a cracking edit? I think it shows you how, how much of an impact that Jimenez has had since he joined the club because, you know, he's, he scored the goal that's obviously drawn us the game and we, we've hardly mentioned him, at, if at all, uh, in the build-up to that. But his hold-up play seems to be getting better every week. And I think 
Arsenal is probably probably one of those sides that would probably be interested in him. I know they want also Bolly as well, when they're fully fit Bolly, of course, why wouldn't you? Um, but let's move on to the Europa League, and it is going to be a game at home. It's a huge game against Slovan Bratislava Molyneux. Hi, I'm Steve Ball, and you're listening to the 77 Club. So it only really seems about, about five minutes since we were in Slovakia, and <laughs> here comes the return leg. Uh, Jota will be suspended for this one after the red cards. Uh, Harry, how would you go for this one? It seems to be splitting opinion again on the strength of the side, but if we can get three points here, that puts us five points ahead of Bratislava uh, with a couple of games to spare. So, I mean, that's pretty much qualification, isn't it? Yeah, it is if we win. Um, I think, judging on the first game, I know we had a really bad first half and they had a couple of good players going forward, didn't they? Especially the lad who scored, but I think we've got enough in us to make a few changes and not go full, full strength, not go with the team that started at Arsenal. He might mix a few in. He might even start um, Kilman and people like that, like put the odd few weak ones. Well, you say weak. I think Kilman's been all right, to be, to be fair to him. So, yeah, I think he will mix it about a bit. It's it's expected. We've got a huge game coming up, which I'm sure we're going to in Villa. So, mix it about a bit and we will. We've got enough to beat these, I think, easily. Dan, does Catrone start? Yeah, I'm not really fussed about the team for this one now. I think they just got to go and do the job. I'm more annoyed about uh, Bratislava on the whole, considering one of the lads, they tried to clone his card over there and I've just tried to be scammed <laughs> on Airbnb. So, uh, fuck the Slovakians. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> Harry did manage to piss all over the court. So, I mean, they'll, they'll be quite angry when they find out <laughs> about that rather than... Oh, I hope they don't listen to this podcast. Jesus. Which is, <laughs> I know they're a big fan. But also, I saw something in the Daily Mail of all places today, uh, done a great article on Catrone. Uh, Wolves' Italian striker reveals his unorthodox upbringing as he reflects on leaving Milan for the West Midlands. Actually, quite a good breakdown of everything he's left behind and sort of gives us a little bit more context. Sunshine, nice food. him. <laughs> good football. <laughs> he's, I wouldn't say it well. He's gone to Tetno for faggots, chips and pays. Obviously, without trying to uh, alienate our entire audience, Dan, uh, talking about... <laughs> hey, there's uh, nothing wrong with it. I'm not knocking it. Derogatory terms. Um, but the one thing that they've actually called the article, which is, I used to practice shooting against my grannies, which is a, a direct quote from the article, which is maybe why he hasn't been scoring so freely, because uh, it's not someone's nanning goal. Um, but obviously, if that's what he's had to practice against in Italy, I, I urge any Wolves fans to uh, head over to the Mail Online and have a look at our article, because it is quite eye-opening. Um so we're sort of indifferent as to what the team will be for this one. Uh, it is a case of getting the job done. I wasn't really very impressed from what I saw when they were at home and they had that amazing atmosphere of the kids <laughs> behind them as well. So I think maybe coming to Molyneux is going to be a little bit different. But then they have been the surprise package, haven't they, Harry? Yeah. Because, you know, um, they've taken points off people in the group that we just didn't expect them to do. Yeah, well, going into it, we thought they are going to be rock bottom. And I'm just looking here. Slow and Bratislava have lost all three of their away games against English opponents in the Europa competition by an aggregate of 3-18. to 18. So that's not looking wow. good for them, is it? They, they just don't do well when they travel to England. And we're looking to win three consecutive games in a major European competition for the first time since 1971-72. So a bit of history there. And as you say, we could be points away, maybe a point away from qualifying, guaranteeing qualification. So it's a huge one and... Like, and the only thing, if I'm looking from their point of view, it's a huge game for them, and it coming to a Premier League side, they'll be up for it, just like uh, Braga was when they beat us 1-0. But as I say, I think we've, we've got enough to beat them, even if we go slightly weaker. There is one thing I do worry about, though, is that lad up top is good, and good our defence is getting thinner and thinner. So 
we do need to be careful. If he if he rings mm. a couple of changes at the back, well, I wouldn't want to go one nil down early and then have to chase it again. Like, like we had to do at their place, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Can't bother with that. Can we just can we just score a nice early goal and have a comfortable win? Oh, that's nice. Like, a bit like Crusaders. I mean, that wasn't even comfortable, was it? <laughs> 2-0. We were like, it's going to be 7-0 oh, yeah, this, remember? When are we next? Seven or eight. A West Ham at yeah. home. Yeah. It'll come. Well, that'd be nice. It'd be Villa yeah. Sunday. How about, how about Sunday? Yeah, yeah, let's move on to the one that everyone really wants to talk about. Aston Villa at home in the Premier League on Sunday. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? Joined now by Neil from the Love of Pomegranate podcast. Um, I think you won something in the 80s, so you don't really talk about it. Uh, yeah, something small. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what it was. Yeah, just, no, we'll, just in the, we'll in the Europe uh, of, uh, <laughs> of clubs in Europe. But, uh, yeah. yeah, of course. Now, um, we have got a big game this weekend <laughs> on Sunday. It's one I think everyone's looking forward to, really. We talk about rivalries and, and it, something isn't really there, but I think it secretly is. How are Villa approaching this one? Yeah, I think uh, it's it's a kind of a strange one. I think that obviously there's going to be a rivalry there for the, with the fact that you know both clubs are so geographically close together, and you know just a lot of divided loyalties and families and so on. Um, I think realistically the two clubs come together with their hatred of Birmingham City themselves. But uh, for this one, um, with the two teams being in the Premier League, this is the truest uh, derby game. I think that uh, well, it is the truest derby game that we're going to have all season. But um, yeah, it's a, look. It's a kind of a case of, you know, there was a gap between two between the two clubs last year, and I think Villa, Villa, and mostly I suppose Villa fans, the kind of the feeling is that look, you guys had your <laughs> had your had your year in in the Premier League last year, while we were trying to get up from the Championship, and now the, I think it's just about trying to see which team is going to restore or continue with the dominance over the other over the within this game, but you know. Any of the any of the Wolves mates I have here in Ireland, they're all. It's not really, We don't really see it as a massive rivalry. It's more a case of, you know, yeah, geographically is the reason that it's a derby more so than uh, than anything else. But yeah, in terms of starting eleven, what can we expect from Villa on the day? So Dean Smith doesn't tend to change his his routine too much. Well, he changes his routine, but he doesn't change his his lineup too much. Um, I think we're going to look at maybe we've we've a very very settled back four. Uh, Tom Heaton is obviously going to be in goals, uh, almost undroppable bar injuries at this stage. He's performed really well since he's come over from Burnley. Um, back four have been the shining light, I think, of... I suppose we didn't really know what was going to happen with regards to the back four. They're newly put together. Um, There's a stat out, actually, against Liverpool. Only one player was actually actually played for Aston Villa, was, was there permanently with Aston Villa last year. Um, and this back four, the only one that was there last year was um, was Tyrone Mings, and he only came in in January. You know, so mm. this is a newly formed back four. Mings and Engels are no nonsense in the middle of defence. Tyrone Mings is, you know, he he's quite he, he is quite the defender. <laughs> I know that. Uh, so he's a bit marmite to some people. Some people think that he's a bit of a, you know, that uh, he flatters to deceive. But right. no, when you some, look at him, some uh, year, some hate him and is. some like him on the end of a knife. Is that that's the marmite <laughs> analogy? <laughs> exactly. I, I think. But Wolves introduce <laughs> exactly. Uh, our two fullbacks are very attacking. They've been probably the two of them have been the biggest change that we've made to the team this year. We had Neil Taylor and. Uh, Ahmed El Mohamedi, uh, two fullbacks, and this year we've we've swapped them out for Matt Target and for Gulbear, and they are very much 
Uh, I'm loath to say that they're kind of like Liverpool fullbacks in the way that they bomb forward, but they certainly bomb forward a small bit more than than Taylor and um, and and Mohamed and Mohamedy did. Um, Gulbert likes to tackle and target is is definitely a, an upgrade on Neil Taylor uh, at left back. But I think that's how they're going to line up. The midfield is pro- is is kind of the it's it's real kind of metronomic kind of midfield that we have. With uh, I think you'll see marvelous Nakamba will be in there. Uh, holding in midfield, he's he's been like it, it's kind of crept up on a lot of Villa fans how good he's been because he, you don't really notice him at all because he just doesn't make mistakes that kind of a way. But he's he's very much in the Kante role, very much he's not a, a massive passer of the ball, but he's he's just unbelievable at tackling while standing up. He doesn't go to ground, and I've I've never seen a Villa player in my twenty eight years of uh, following Villa, I've never seen a Villa player to tackle standing up the way he does. For a slight guy, he's he's matchstick proportions, but my God, he must have unbelievable core strength because he he just doesn't get bundled over um, against particularly sizable opponents. But he's going to hold anchor down in midfield. You're going to have John McGinn. Is John McGinn is just my favourite. He's just so good. It's it's not funny how good he is. And um, I, every single club has a player that they think will play at a higher level. You know, you speak to I don't know, pick a late Orient team. They're going to say well, we have a midfielder who could play in the Premier League. Yeah. Well, our John McGinn, I think our I think John McGinn could play with Barcelona. He could play with Real Madrid. He could play with the best of the best, and he wouldn't look out of place. He's that good. Um, and and he, he he tends to run the midfield every week, you know, regardless of who we play against. Even if we don't have the ball, whenever Villa get the ball, he runs the midfield, and and he's definitely the the guy that needs to be stopped, I suppose. Um, the other spot in central midfield is up for grabs. I think that we're going to look at potentially. It, it's it could be Douglas Douglas Louise played against uh, Man City and he played against Liverpool and I don't know whether they probably take him out for this game and put back in Connor Horan. Um, Horan hasn't done very much wrong, but the fact that Horan playing central midfield and Jack Grealish playing on the left wing has been a really kind of a, a swap and change room. Really, they, they've worked really well together. They both have each other's backs. Uh, you tend to see an awful lot that when Grealish comes in infield, Connor Connor Oren will, will actually move out and take his place on the wing and help back help track back to 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 defend with the uh, with Matt Target. So they do have a good understanding, and it's something they've spoken about a lot that they actually really like playing together. So I think Dean Smith is conscious of that, and uh, we needed Douglas Louise for the last two games because it was a bit of a midfield onslaught, especially against Man City. But Liverpool, we kind of had a bit more of the ball. At parts, but um, I think that they'll go with with uh, with Howerhen, and then they'll have probably Grealish will be one will be left wing, right wing is another position that's up for up for grabs. And Royal Gazi or um, or Mohamed Trezeguet, um, if if Hatez is is fit, which I don't think he is, he might be able to step in there as well. But that's definitely one that. It's going to be a game time decision. You know, I I couldn't pin down who's going to play in that position. Hmm. Probably I guess if someone put a gun to my head. And then we've only one striker, so we can only play one man up front. That's Wesley. That's Wesley. So. Uh, <laughs> in in terms of the game itself, I suppose eleven points from eleven games for Aston Villa. Uh, Wolves on thirteen points, so I guess it's a five pointer Ooh. technically. Uh, Villa can leap. Frog Wolves with a win. Um, Wolves can yeah. uh, obviously go up into sort of pretty sixth, seventh place, depending on how the results go their way. Mm-hmm. Um, but one question I want to ask you is: um, out of that Wolves squad, who would make it into the Villa side? 
I would. Uh, there's there's two players I'd love. I would love. Um, everybody's going to say Ruben Neves. Mm-hmm. Ruben Neves is just that <laughs> he's 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 such a player. Um, on, on my own podcast, I kind of um, I I noted that at the time you guys signed him, being in the championship, I mm. like the whole footballing world had to stand up and go, how the hell have they signed a gem in Ruben Neves? He was being linked yeah. with it all over the place, but like. You know, and I know it's no disrespect to Wolves, but like he wouldn't have come to Villa, you know, when we were in the championship. But we would have thought that he would have gone to maybe an upper echelon team, you know, within the within the Premier League or one of the big leagues in Europe. But you guys managed to snare him. Uh, George Mendes came in came in handy in that one, which, to be honest with you, seems to be really paying off for you guys. And at the time, it was, you know, people had their questions about it. But look, I think every team is now looking into that situation and going, "Oh, geez, could." Uh, you know, could we find our super agent out there? Could we try and maybe get 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 a couple of these players? Because the like the players that you guys have signed in, Dendonker, Neves, Moutinho, that midfield is really, really fluid. And Dendonker being able to play centre half as well. The other the other player I would love to um to come or, or to have on on the Villa team would probably be the other Hata or Zuka. He's got him. I think he think he's Jota for you guys. I think Diego Jota. Um, I just like the cut of his jib. I like mm-hmm. what he's made of. I think he would be a very good um, second striker with Wesley up front. Obviously, Raul Jimenez would, would be like, I'd love him, but I just don't know whether himself and Wesley would be able to play together. And in this in this team, I think that uh, Diego Jada would be would be quite the quite the addition. But Ruben Neves is by far and away for me your outstanding mm-hmm. name on the team sheet. Anyway, if nothing else. Yeah. Oh, well, very interesting. Um, let's do a score prediction then. Uh, what do you reckon, Neil? I've gone with... I get ridiculed for going at 1-1 in every game. Um, That's all right. You're but... probably going to far off with the Wolves game, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you guys have had the least amount of chances created. Well, you did up until the last game and and, and uh, shots and t- shots have, have, been, have been a problem for you guys. Mm. The Villa, what, what Villa usually do is we give up an awful lot of uh, of space in between where the centre, in our defensive half where the centre circle ends and where the started where the D starts we give up a bit of space there we allow people a bit of leeway but it's a case of defend the box at all cases and we do and not many people dribble past Engels and not many people dribble past Mings I think that you guys are going to have your opportunities to have a, have a fair few shots uh, in this game um, I would be hopeful of Villa at least scoring maybe getting two uh, you know, it's it's kind of one of those ones. It's difficult. You, you don't know what Man City and Liverpool have taken out of Villa. Um, but I'm going to go with... Three points I each. Have to, I have to go with 2-1 Villa. I have to go with 2-1 Villa. But probably if I was to put a bet on Sunday morning, I'd probably go with a one-all draw. Excellent. Well, Neil, of course, best of bad luck for the weekend. I hope you don't enjoy the game. And uh, we'll hopefully catch up with you uh, later this season. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks a million for having me on. The Away Perspective. What have our opponents got to say? So pretty comprehensive look at Aston Villa at home. Harry, we talked about it a little bit. Is that the, the rivalry is sort of brewing and then people say, oh, it's not really a rivalry and then everyone starts winding each other up on Twitter. More of a Twitter rivalry, it does seem that way. Um, but this is one that you just want a repeat of that game back in the championship at home where Jota and Bonatini got the goals that day and it was just a fantastic performance Molyneux was rocking as well yeah I don't know what's more surprising the fact that we comfortably beat him 2-0 that Bonatini scored that day (laughs) (laughs) nah but it's weird and I think we've briefly spoke about this before but the rivalry like before that championship season 
obviously, I didn't really care about Villa. I never looked at them, you know, with any bitterness or anything. But since the uh, championship season where we competitive with them and them moaning about us with all the George Mendes stuff and all that, it has become a bit of a tasty one, has it? And they beat us 4-1 at their ground after we'd beat them 2-0 in that championship season. So it's a bit of a tasty one. It's a huge game. I mean, we're jostling in similar positions. Well, we're close on points. I know they're down there a little bit, but it's going to be a tough game. They're going to be mega up for it. They'll pack out the away end. It's a Sunday an afternoon kickoff. So Molyneux will be rocking, but obviously it'd have been rocking more if it was a Saturday game. But big game, big, big game. And in a game like this at Molyneux, it is quite nervy to start off, but... When we're on it, when we're at our best, as we showed in the championship, we can batter them, can't we? we? We can do them. It's one of those things where you look at it, and on the face of it, I think it's becoming a rivalry because there's no one else there and it hasn't been for a couple mm. of seasons because you haven't played Albion for years and I don't really take any interest in Blues because you just can't be bothered with them. <laughs> and it, that just leaves Aston Villa and it's the only one that we have in the Premier League. So, you know, no one's going to ever get to look at Leicester like it's a, a Midlands derby, even though it obviously technically is. Um, but there isn't that sort of, that history of... Um, of, of sort of rivalries in terms of, of actual geography. Um, but Bayless, I suppose it depends what happens as as we hope that all of the players come through uh, that Bratislava tie on the Thursday is that it's going to be a, a, the same eleven that started at Arsenal. Yeah, I'd like us to try and play a similar way as well. You know that Villa are going to come at us. So, you know, I'd like us to keep that high line, get the ball out wide and, and use that pace of Traore and Jota again. Um it's going to be an interesting game. They're they're a strange team, Villa. Looking their league form and the way they play their football, they're either feel like they're world beaters or they're crap. So it's, mm. it's, it's going to be, it depends what Villa turn up really to how the game's going to be played. I think they'll be out for blood, won't they? After the the last minute goal they conceded against Liverpool, I think they thought they might get something out of that. And to have that wound in last minute goal, they'll be wanting to bounce back of a win. And I'm just looking at their form. I mean, you forget they went and smashed Norwich five one, didn't they? A few games ago, so they've shown they mm. can do it. But they got battered by City, which we beat City, didn't we? So, you know. Uh, But yeah, we need revenge, don't we? After the League Cup game, I know it didn't really count that much because we had third team out. But it's going to be a toughie. It is Derby, as they say, the old cliche form goes out the window. But we're a better team than them and let's hope we show it on the day. It's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be for a lot of people on social media in the build-up there's going to be lots of uh, who's who's the better player is it a retweet for Grealish or a like for Neves Dan who do you think is going to win that midfield battle I don't, I don't care as long as we just beat them <laughs> as long as we wipe the smug grin off that greasy horrible git's face um, oh greasy really? horrible yeah what we said didn't we off air McGinn McGinn's a good player for them you've got to admit that um, yeah, we've got to is. watch him uh, Grealish as much as we slate him and that he can be good on his day although the few times I've watched him he's been pretty poor this season but they have got some good players in there but as I say I'm not just saying this because we're Wolves fans we are a better team than them on paper we've just got to show it on the day the big thing about this though is what it does to the league It the winner of this game is going to see themselves go you know bump themselves up a fair way a draw really I'm fed up of draws as we all are <laughs> um but you know, it's, if they do win it, they're gonna they're gonna go above us. They'll have the bragging rights. It, it, it is a big game. It's a bigger game than you'd think at this point in the season. But also with a Wolves win, you're looking at around about seventh place. So you know, it's back where 
we belong almost in in that sense. So I mean, you know, it's still early days, but the the way the Premier League table is shaping up, aside from the top two, which are, seems to be streets ahead, and actually Leicester's form is fantastic as well. Um, it, it is quite close, and that a win does lift you quite a couple of positions, which is quite rare for November. Yeah. So um, obviously, see what happens with that. Uh, score prediction, Harry. It's coming in. It's got to come in. It's been a while. Like 4-1 Wolves. It's coming. It's coming, lads. 4-1 Wolves. <laughs> Have it. Uh, Bayless. I just want a nice, simple 1-0. Jimenez. Oh, that'd be nervy at the end, though, wouldn't it? Jimenez. Uh, let's have a look at your latest betting odds and ticket news. Hi, I'm Kelly, Chris Kamara. You're listening to the 77 Club, and it's unbelievable, Jeff. Yeah, so I have got our betting news over from our partners over at fansbet.com. Got some cracking specials, actually. You'd, this will make you realise uh, how much Wolves are favourites at this. A 2-1 Wolves win, score, and that's Patrone to score any time, yeah. 24-1. We obviously you called it the Manchester City scoreline, uh, the Manchester City uh, scorecast last week, but the, this is actually the VAR derby because Wolves have been fucked over by VAR the most and they'd be four points better off had uh, VAR not been introduced, but Villa are actually joined second and they are two points worse off in the VAR table. So, the, so for the... Uh, yeah, but it's like if my nan had bollocks, she'd be my dad, wouldn't she? It's one of them. You just no, not technically <laughs> that, but I know what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> we can look at that all day. It ain't going to change anything, is it? <laughs> Sorry, Dan. I'll continue. Uh, my pick of the one nil Wolves and Jimenez is a, is a cracking price though, twenty five to one. Wow, mm. uh, no, no, that's good. That is a good one. Uh, and then we're, we're missing him this week, Mister Pessimist Jack. It'll probably rain sort of attitude he had 3-0 Jack in the group said it was going to be 3-0 Villa and John McGinn to score any time it's 125 to 1 is it I might back it because he, he does oh, seem to get you can tell he's on a come down from the weekend can't you with that sort of prediction I know I know yeah did he get out of bed he... <laughs> I don't know if he did I don't know if he managed it <laughs> Yeah, hit too hard on Friday. Uh, perfect, that's your latest betting odds. And uh, I think Dan possibly has some ticket news, or it might be Harry. It's all sold out. I've got it? some ticket news. There were no some for Bratislava were left. Oh. Um, I got I got some for the old man yesterday because he wanted to take a mate. So there were there were a few left. Uh, the bottom of the steeple and a few in the top of the Billy Wright. So just as a bit of ticket news, my dad he's been trying to get a Villa ticket for ages. He's a member. But he checks every day because sometimes they do release tickets late, don't they, the week before a game, that people who sell tickets back to the club. He's been looking every day. He's had no luck so far. It's Wednesday today. But if anyone else got a ticket going, uh, let us know on Twitter. My dad really wants one for Villa. So. <laughs> yeah, as this is ticket news, I have to thank Mark75 Allen off Twitter who sorted me out the Arsenal ticket on Saturday morning. I uh, I was in a grump Very after good. the rugby and I thought, sod it, I'll go to the game. I got out my pit in South London. Um and he met me at the ground and got me a ticket. So thank you very much to Mark. Did you meet Jack Bayless? Yeah, oh, okay. he got really pissed. Right. Classic move. Right, okay. Um, that is it. Uh, best of luck if you are going to any of the games this week. Should be an absolute cracker. Hopefully see you at Molyneux on Sunday. So we will say goodbye to birthday boy Harry Manson. Thank you very much. See you a bit. Goodbye to the non-birthday boy Dan Bayless. Goodbye, Wolves fans. And we're going to play Level Up. Hi, I'm George Lukobi. You are listening to the Wolves 77 Club. Joined now by Tom, who's going to play Level Up. Tom, how's it going? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad. So one of the first things we'll ask our contestants is the first Wolves game. So what was your first Wolves game? 
Uh, it's a bit of a random one, really. It was, uh, I think it was Wolves-Port Vale in the 94-95 uh, season. I, th- I think Andy Thompson scored a couple of penalties. Good knowledge. That's my f- yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my first, my first real sort of Wolves season, 94-95, which, which wasn't a bad one apart from the... Uh, the playoff defeat to Bolton other than that was all right. Very different days back then to what we're experiencing now. How are you finding the roller coaster? Uh, it's great. Love it. Absolutely love it. I mean, we had years of being just really, you know, sort of boring if there's nothing else. But yeah, yeah, it's great. Love it. You know, I think um, I think generally this season, not not too bad, not too bad. Could could be better, but I think it was always going to be a tough ask playing in, uh, in, the, in Europe and then maintaining the, the sort of league push. Absolutely right. And in terms of level up, you listen every week. What do you think your chances are? Uh, I'm not going to blow my own trumpet before I start. I don't <laughs> think I'll, uh, I'll be happy with uh, with an average score. I think, to be honest. Excellent. Well, the the path of the course seems to be four, so I, I'm guessing you'd be happy with four. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's let's go for that and well, see where it takes. Let's see how we get on. Then let's play level up. Let's play level up. Who did Wolves sign Joe Mason from? Uh, Cardiff. Level Up one. he goes to level one. Which ball is worth the most points in English snooker? Uh, the black ball. Level two. Up he goes, level two. Good start. Who scored Wolves' only penalty against Leicester City in the Carabao Cup last season? Oh, it was one of the kids. Um... I'll go for it. I'm going to go uh, Ashley Seal. Level three. Ooh, up he goes. Level three. Here we go. How many times has Michael Schumacher been a Formula One champion? Oh, I'll have to pass that one. Going to pass on that. It's seven yeah. times. So Lewis Hamilton is one off that. Question number five. Still on level three. In Wolves' 29-man squad, how many are Welsh? Is it one, two or three? Oh. Oh. I'm, I, you know what I'm going to pass going to pass it's, yeah. it's difficult yeah. when to know when to gamble isn't it but the answer you is two Terry Taylor and Kem Campbell uh, question number six in which sport can you win the Davis Cup um, tennis level up four. he goes level four who's the manager of Wolves under 23's side Oh, no, it was Robert. Uh, oh, uh, Mark Kennedy. Level Very five. good. Good save. Off he goes to level five, Mark Kennedy. Now, at the moment, Tom, you've overtaken the 77 club lads and you've got three questions remaining. Seven oh, is top. Got to pa- pass them all, pass them all. <laughs> <laughs> we've got seven to beat. If you get all these right, you'll be top of the leaderboard. Here we go. Which midfielder is on the front of the standard FIFA 20 video game? Oh. Have you got uh, it? I haven't yet, you know. It's uh, it's on my list for birthday soon, so that's probably a request. Um, <laughs> I think from seeing the photos, I think it's Hazard. Level six. Up he goes, level six. Tom, great shout. Two questions remaining. Here we go. Who was Wolves' main shirt sponsor from 2016 to 2018? 2016, Oh, uh, Money Shop. Level seven. It is Money Shop. Up he goes. Level seven. This is tense. And I feel like you've got to go for it. It's a difficult... Oh, is it difficult? How many times have Real Madrid won the Champions League? You put the pressure on now, so I've got to go for it. 
you know what? I'm gonna chicken out. I'm gonna chicken out. Sorry. Gonna I'm pass. Gonna, gonna pass. I'm gonna, gonna pass. pass on level seven. Well, hey, look. The answer. If you had to, if you had to guess, and there were no <sighs> repercussions, what would you gone for? Uh, I'd go. I'd go seven. Well, you're way off. Thirteen times. Oh, thirteen yeah, ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so good job that you didn't take the gamble. But hey, Tom, you are joint top of the leaderboard for Level Up. So that didn't go badly at all. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'm happy with that. Well, perfect. Look, we will be in touch at the end of the season if you're a winner, of course. Otherwise, uh, give us a score prediction for the Vila game. Uh, it's probably, you know, statistics. It's probably going to be a draw, isn't it? <laughs> I would have thought so. <laughs> I know, I know. I'll, I'll, if I had to sit my neck out, I'd say, I'd say one all again. One all. Right, OK. Well, Tom, thanks for playing Level Up and I hope you enjoy the rest of the season as much as we will. Drill. Keep up the good work, guys. The 77 Club. The Wolves podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Sports Social Podcast Network.